You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. I was so blessed listening to the messages, um, Pastor Livingstone, uh, Pastor Nath, and Pastor Simmons Wednesday. Can we appreciate these men of God? And I told Pastor Nath that the only problem I have with his message is that he should have said I didn't send him. I heard the message yesterday for the first time. He should have said I didn't send you because he, he went like a, a marksman. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was a hard saying. You know, and uh, Pastor Living was speaking to us about he that, you know, keeps his mind stayed on. He said, you'll keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. Okay? And in the time that we live in, in the nation that we are, you know, I just concluded that instead of worrying about the Naira devaluing, that I should start trusting God to begin to end in foreign currency. I prophesy to all of you, you will end foreign exchange. <clears throat> because while you're crying that Naira is losing value, your brothers and friends that are outside the country are happy. If they wanted to send their mother 500,000 before, they would have needed to send maybe 300 or 400 pounds. But now, 200 pounds or 300, so they're happy. So whatever be the case, God will prosper you. In the name of Jesus, uh, you'll be above, never under. No, the wicked will not cause you to fall. You'll rise and you'll rise and you'll rise. But the secret is that you won't look at what is happening. You'll keep your mind what? Stayed on him. Praise God. And the conclusion I want to think of um, what Pastor Nat spoke to us is um, all he said. He said too many things. In fact, at a point he said, I'm glad I'm not your student in mathematics. You know, he's, he's a math teacher. He will teach you all the topics in one day. But thank God for the electronic media. So you can buy it and be taking it, you know, in bits. But the conclusion is Romans 12.1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present everything about you a living sacrifice. That's it. Because when they separate one part, when they say, come to church early, or they say, give money to church, or they say, do this, you quarrel with it. If you're born again, it says... This is what, let's read it together, everyone. Can you read it to your neighbor? Just read it to somebody. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, which is your reasonable. Did they hear? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, if you present your body, what comes with your body? So, tithe is not an issue. Everything is part of it. Praise God. When you truly present your body, and the truth is that you want God to protect your body, isn't it? Won't you present it to him for him to protect? You want God to bless your body, won't you present it for him to bless it? That's what it is. That's the sum total of that message. Praise the Lord. And then on Wednesday, you know, um, Pastor Sam started taking us on what I think is like um, a marking scheme. How many of us remember when we did tests in school and then you thought the teacher should give you? You know that statement? Eh? Whenever you hear someone that didn't get a good score, he said they gave me. <laughs> When someone gets a score, he like say, I scored. So when... <laughs> Praise the Lord. I was thinking 
I should get 90. But the teacher gave me 30. So when you look at the marking scheme, that's what we looked at on Wednesday. Matthew 25 from verse 31. And he began to tell us how it would be when the Son of Man comes in his glory. You know now, all the people that are making noise, they are thieves and robbers. The owner of the earth is going to come. The owner of my life is going to come. The owner of our lives, the one who truly owns everything, is going to come and he's going to give his judgment. He's going to say, this is what it is, this is what is not. Praise God. So he says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, he says, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. When he sits, you know what he begins to do? He will begin to pass judgment. And we learned, okay, not here in Enugu, we learn that judgment is not punishment. Praise God. You know, whenever you hear judgment, what do you think? You know why? Because we've always been on the wrong side of what is correct. Judgment could actually mean favor and blessing. Judgment is separation, is determination of this is what it should be, this is what. So when you're doing wrong, judgment is that you're punished for the wrong. But when you're doing right, judgment is that you're blessed for doing right. So you, you cease to think of judgment as punishment because you do right. In the name of Jesus. So when the Son of Man comes, go to 32 please. What he's going to do is bring judgment. And another way he can put that judgment is separation. It's classification. So we all gather here now, you know, Nigeria, all kinds of people are doing. And we are all called, you know, we are free. Like someone said in Nigeria, there are a lot of people who are in jail should be outside. And a lot of people who are outside should be in jail. But when judgment comes, it's going to be done well. So what is he going to do? He's going to separate sheep from goats. I pray that you'll be among the ships in the name of Jesus. Listen to the message and find out what you must do. Praise God. Now, why, why am I, you know, just going back a bit? Because if you're serious about this work, this Christian work, whatever you hear that they show you from the Bible, don't be angry with the speaker. Don't, you know, discount the preacher. Don't say, don't mind them. Once you can see it from the word. You know lawyers, before, time is BC, right? Before Buhari, there's BB. (laughs) BB. If a lawyer goes to court, no matter how the judge hates him, if the lawyer can quote the relevant part of the constitution and say, I put it to you, me Lord, whether the judge likes him or not, He will judge in his favor, right? So he's not actually judging in the favor of the lawyer. He's respecting the constitution. Praise God. Now, when the word is preached to you, whether you like the preacher, whether he preached it shouting or he preached it with a low tone, once it's in the Bible, forget him. Praise God. And surrender to the word and it will bless you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, the thing that follows from that is this. There are some things you hear like, I mean, if you listen to what we learned on Wednesday, these are things that you and I know, if they scored us, we won't won't score up to 50%. So what does a man do? What do you do? Several options. Like I said, get angry with him. He's uh, teaching you law. He's teaching you, uh, what was that thing people call it? Condemnation. There's a message I recommend for you. If I get the correct one, I get it. That taught us. You know that thing that they say someone is preaching condemnation? Nobody preaches condemnation. It's your sin that is condemning you. No matter what anybody preaches, if you're doing right, you can never have condemnation. You see, if I come now, and start saying, late comers, late comers, you're not honoring God. Do you know God was in church before you came? Because this service is 9 a.m., God is here by 9 a.m. Will you attend a program that your governor or your president is attending? If he says it's to be there by 9, will you come after 9? Judgment will come on those who did what? Am I preaching judgment? I'm just saying this is the time the service was supposed to start. 
So when people say somebody preached condemnation, it's because they are doing things that are worthy of condemnation. Now, as long as there is breath in you, if you hear it, it's not condemnation, except that's your choice. When you hear it, you say, repent and be converted. That what? Times of refreshing may come. It's only the dead that is judged. As long as you are alive and you're hearing, there's opportunity for great things. Somebody say amen. Okay. So you hear things like this, and there are several options. But I bring you consolation. You know why? Because in truth, nobody can live this Christian life in truth. No man. It's impossible. So you hear such things. You are actually right. It's impossible. However, you and I were not called to live it by ourselves. Praise God. That's why in John chapter 3 verse 1 and 2, um, Bishop Nicodemus, Bishop Nico, when he met Jesus, he said to him, I've observed you. I'm a Pharisee. We have our group. But this thing, the life you're living, the teaching you're teaching, he said no man can do it. Of all the people that have studied and that studied under me, he says no man can do these things that you do unless God is with him. He said to Jesus, you're different. I've never seen anyone like you. What did Jesus answer him? Did Jesus say, go and fast and pray? He said, no. He said, unless a man be what? Born again. He cannot see the kingdom. That's the first thing. So when we give calls for people to be born again, no matter what we do in church, today is Thanksgiving, we're going to dance and dance and dance, we're going to sing and all of that. But if you're not born again, you're like those people that have cookbooks, you flip through, you see different menus, you like it, you say, this looks nice, this looks nice. Even the smell is not coming to you. But you can describe, you know the names of the food, but you have never come close to it. So it says, unless you be born again, you cannot see. Then he went further to say, unless you're born of the water and of the spirit, of the spirit. He said, you cannot enter. That's the truth. Christianity is impossible when all you have is flesh. Our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, further on teaching, says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And until you're born of the spirit, you are just born of the flesh. What you have is ancestral, you know, spirit. You're carrying your great-grandfather's genes and DNA walking about. But the day you get born again, what happens is that your creator, the one that breathed into Adam, the breath of life, breathes into you. And all of a sudden, you're not just a son of your father, you become a son of God. Praise the Lord, somebody. And when that happens, when you hear messages, they are no longer calling to you as an evil man. They are no longer calling to you as an Asian man. They are no longer calling to you as a Yoruba man. They are calling to you as a son of the Most High God. Now, it becomes an insult for you as a child of God to hear what God does and say it's impossible. That's why Jesus said to them, says with men, when they said, who then can be saved? Jesus didn't betray them. He said, he said, with men it's impossible. Isn't that what he answered? He said, but with God, all things are possible. So, uh, because, you see, every word that God brings to you, in fact, it might be wise to dodge to stop coming to church. Because the more you come, the more you know. The more you know, the more you'll be examined. Praise God. When you start a course in school, what do they show you? The course... The syllables, right? What they are going to cover. At the end of the semester, if they are not able to cover it, except the lecturer is very wicked, he will only test you on what he covered. Now, as a Christian, every word you hear, praise God, they are going to test you on it. But the better news is that every word you hear comes with grace. Praise the Lord. The challenge also is that grace is not received by resistance. It's not received by the proud. It takes humility to receive grace. So when the word comes, you must, the Bible says, with meekness, receive the implanted word that is what? Able to save your soul. If there is no meekness, you can't receive it. And it won't be able to save your soul. But you're going to receive the word. Praise God. The, the words they spoke, oh, I'm still talking about what 
my brothers spoke. Okay? So we have that as a background. The Christian life is impossible for a man. But it's not impossible. It's actually very possible for a child of God. And we are children of God. And we're going to live these lives and we'll live it victoriously in the name of Jesus Christ. So when you get born again, our Lord Jesus Christ says, unless you be born again, you cannot see. What do you begin to see? What, what is that that you actually see? Some of the basic things you see is that you come to know things that you never ever thought of. They, they were not in your physics or science syllabus. Part of the things you learn, you know, very basic one, uh, book of Jude 25. It makes a statement, just a little statement, the New King James, the second line. Is it on the screen? What does that word say? To God our Savior, the second line, the second statement. It says, who alone is what? Praise God. Who alone is what? When you're born again, you will come to know or come to believe or you should come to know that God alone is what? God alone is wise. You see, I was once told of, of a relationship between a, uh, two people that were courting. And the lady believed that the man was wise. So anything the man told this lady, what did she do? She did it. Even when he wasn't telling her the truth, she was happy because she would say, That's the person who told me to wait here. Sabi something. I get it what I'm saying. Now, because of that belief, she had peace. That was a man who was almost deceiving her. Now, when as a Christian, you said, praise God, that God alone is what? Wise. So when they say things, you know, you don't calculate it with your head. How do you? There are no two wise. He's the wise one. So I'm as wise as his instructions that I follow. It's as simple as, he said, to God our Savior, who, wow, alone, he doesn't share it with anybody. And that's what believers believe. <laughs> Praise God. That he alone is wise. I'm as wise as I fear him and follow him. That's why the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. That's where I begin to, because it's all resides in him. If you go and read the book of Job, one of the chapters, they were talking about where to find wisdom. They searched everywhere, and the conclusion was, it's nowhere. Wisdom can only be found in God. Why? Because he alone is wise. Praise the Lord, somebody. So when you get born again, you begin to see some of this. You begin to see uh, uh, how thoughtful God is towards you. Psalm 139 verse 17, you may put it for, for us on the screen, please. It, it talks about how precious are your thoughts towards us. It says, oh, how great is the sum of them. It's the born again Christian that knows it. Because you now begin to understand scriptures that know that for a good man, one may even dare to die. But this God demonstrated his love towards you. That while you were yet a sinner, what did he do? Oh, Lord. Do you believe that? Ask yourself, do I believe that? If I believe that about this God, ha, a preacher said that he attended a meeting before he became a preacher and that he was still double-minded, you know, not just very sure about this Christian thing. And he got a word from that meeting that transformed his life. What word did he get? He said the preacher was preaching and said, I tell you, you can trust the man who died for you. You can trust that man that died for you. And he thought about it and said, if a man died for me, I should be able to trust him. Praise the Lord. I should be able to trust him. So when he says, how precious are your thoughts? The born again Christian knows it. That this God is so concerned about him. This God did not withhold his only son. You know, but he gave him up freely. So I can bet my life. If he says to me to give 90%, you know, 100% of all that I have, I will give it because I can trust the man who died for me. Anybody here saying that I can trust the man who died for me? Yes, it's basic wisdom. We begin to see how great he is. Psalm 145 verse 3. Talking about how great this God is. 
He said, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is what? Unsearchable. A born again Christian sees the greatness of the God he serves. He begins to see, you know, that whatever service, that's part of the Roman service, whatever devotion, whatever I lay down for this man, you know, for this God, it's worthy. I'm honored. You know, we have dogs here in the church and a few of us have dogs. We have pets and all of that. Now, but I think it was Clinton that had a dog while he was in White House. Okay, anyway, the budget for security for Clinton's dog, it will solve a lot of problems. A dog, you know the difference? It's whose dog it is. So this God is the greatest. Hallelujah. Unsearchable in greatness. Praise the Lord. And then you are his child. That's what being born again helps you to begin to see. That's why as a young lady, you're born again. No man can mess you up. You don't need any man to confirm anything to you. You're a child of God. You're a daughter of Zion. You speak to him. He picks your calls. Hallelujah. When you call him, he answers. He's actually looking to speak to you. You know, we can't have low esteem issues. He's in love with us. The born again Christian says that. Praise God. So we've gone and on. The born again Christian sees the riches of God. He sees the wealth of God. So he's delivered, you know, from fear of what shall I eat? How would this happen? No. He's come to an understanding of how vast the resources of God are. In every area, both human and material. You know the Bible is so complete. Let me show you another scripture. Please, Acts 18.10. Read it for me. What does it say? He was speaking to Paul here. He says, for I'm with you. And no one will attack you to hurt you. For what? That's human resources. Tell yourself, the God I serve, he has human resources. <laughs> he has them everywhere. He has them everywhere. He says, don't worry, I have many people. The people may not know that God has them, but they are in his hands. I'll tell you a story. A man was, um, when I was a wailing wall, that was where Jews bounce like this. Wailing wall, okay. So I think he was there praying, and another man was by his side praying. So this man that was praying was, you know, beseeching God, asking for, he had an urgent need for some money, maybe $5,000 or whatever. And he was, you know, just, so the man by his side tapped him, said, don't pray again, and took the money and gave him. And he said, thank you. And then the man went further and took his card, brought out his call card, and gave him and said, Anytime you have a need, you can call me. I'll help you. And the man said, thank you, and returned his card. I was wondering, what happened? He said, because I don't need to call you. When I call this God that I called, he can send anybody. That's human resources. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Another lady, similar story. A very poor woman. Had no food for her and her children. And, you know, made a request prayer request on the radio station and some man heard it who was an atheist or devil worshipper and said okay that he's going to take these things go to this woman's house give it to the woman and tell the woman the devil is actually the one that answered your prayer so he packed crates of egg milk and everything and went to this woman's house knocked the woman came out gave her the food and said to the woman for your information I serve the devil. The man said, no problem. Everybody that God created, he sends on errands. Praise God. The vastness of God's resources. If you don't know these things, you will struggle with what they tell you. Praise God. You see, Christianity, I'm laying a very important foundation. Christianity cannot be lived by the ordinary man. We can't. In Genesis 17:1, God made one of the clearest statements he made to Abraham. I think he must have said that to him before he started the journey. He said to Abraham, I am almighty God. What should you do? He said, walk before me and be blameless. You see, without the almighty God at the back of Abraham, walking blamelessly is an impossibility. The question is, 
Do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have the Son of God? The song says, in him I live, in him I move, in him I have. If you have him, you can. Tell yourself, I can. Do you have him? It says, I am the almighty God. He was saying to Abraham, in essence, I will back you up. I will help you. Praise God. In that office, I will help you. You can reject those bribes. You can refuse to live like them. You can refuse to hold what they hold. You can refuse to pursue what they pursue. And you will survive. I will back you up. God is sending a word to somebody. I will help you. Somebody wants to begin to pay tithe or give 20% or whatever. God says, I will sustain you. Drop that your calculator. It hasn't helped so far. Even Fela told us about the man that was saving to buy. Was it ceiling fan or standing fan? It was standing fan. And the man was saving. When he sang that song, he didn't know Nigeria. If he sees Nigeria now, he won't be able to sing. When the music starts, he'll just be like, ah. he was singing when prices were changing over five years. Go and check what you bought in December. It's no longer the same price. And he's talking about saving for fun. You save from standing fan now to hand fan. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I am almighty God. Walk before me. That's what he's saying to you in this year 2024. I am almighty God. Someone listening to me, you're in a difficult marriage. God is saying you can submit to that man. I am almighty God. Listen, God can give your husband a knock. You people don't understand God. Do what he told you to do and you'll see God work. I am almighty God. There is no demand that God places on you as a Christian, on me, as a, that he does not first make the supply. It's as simple as that. The issue of giving. Did God say, Gambora and give? You know those days uh, when we were younger, when you go to church and uh, it's offering time, we used to borrow too. Right? You don't have offering, then you borrow. Or maybe someone that has will divide his own. As if it matters whether it comes in one envelope or two. <laughs> no, no. Everything God is asking of you is what God has given. Okay, let me try. Ah, my time is so good. Okay, praise God. Let's go to um, First Chronicles 29. That's actually a text. And we'll read from verse 9 to 17. Let's read together. Then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly access for all things come from you and of your own we have given you for we are aliens and pilgrims before you as were all our fathers our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope oh lord our god all this abundance that we are prepared to build a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own i know also my god that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. Let's bow our heads. Lord, speak your word to us. Speak in every man's language. Let us please you. And let us enter into your blessing. You are a good God. You want us blessed beyond measure. You want us to enjoy you. You want us to reign as kings. Lord, we hear. Our hearts are open. Our ears are open. By your spirit, implant and imprint your words upon our hearts. Thank you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. 
Praise the Lord. You know, basically the same thing we're looking at. David was a man that was at another level. You know, he operated at another level. And we begin to see in that text today, part of his understanding that made him so different from the rest of the people in his time. And what he says to us there is that David had some understanding of this God that we are talking about. Remember this year, we are talking about believe God, know God, love God, enjoy God, you know, serve God. That's the way it flows. David had a knowledge of God, and that is what we see in this text. But before we get to where David, you know, begins to speak, verse 9 first. Verse 9 says, then the people rejoiced. Praise God. Then the people did what? Then the people rejoiced. Why did they rejoice? They rejoiced because they did something. What did they do? They offered willingly. That combination is not very normal. Most times people will rejoice when they receive bountifully, right? But there's something about when you finally surrender to the will of God, there's a joy that comes with it. Praise God. And that's why the word must come clear so that nobody is under compulsion. That's why if you leave me, I will never tell you bring tithe. I will never tell you do this or do that. You know why? But I will tell you what God wants you to do. It will be your choice to believe him and honor him. You know why? When you do that, you will have joy. Not just that you will have joy. You will be blessed beyond measure. If you don't do that, you will not be wise. Praise the Lord. I've told you here, when we're going to leave the former church and start this church, that doctor called Noza. Every time I tell him, dad, this is too much. We can't stay here again. We have to leave. This is, dad will say, no, don't go anywhere. Stay. After some time, we'll attend another meeting. Something happened. I'll call him, say, Dad, please, you know, we need to leave and just, you know, this is. He'll say, Don't go anywhere, start. He did this thing for months. So one day, I called him. I said, Dad, I'm not asking you again. We're leaving. He said, Okay, now you're ready. So I said, So all this time, you know, I said, In my mind, I said, Oh, so all this time, this man, you know what he was waiting for? He wanted it to be me. I thought he didn't understand what I was saying. He understood, but he wanted me to make the choice. The moment I say, he said, okay, we started planning inaugural service. Can you imagine that? That's how I would have been there asking him every time. That I think we should. He said, no. Because when it comes from you, that's when you'll be blessed. He said, the people rejoice for what? They had offered willingly. Pastor I told God loves what? A cheerful giver. And you know, some of us, you know, we have some traits naturally that are like God. And then we have some traits that are like the devil. Most of us have that combination naturally. One of the traits I think I have that is like God is that no matter how hungry I am, ask my wife, if I'm angry, I won't eat. I'll lose appetite. Even if the hunger is killing me. Because I'm hungry, I want food. But you see, I want it delightedly. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, God is saying to you, praise God, God is saying to you, He says, I don't need to force anything out from you. If you imagine that they're extorting you, keep it. If you imagine they're tricking you, keep it. He says, The people rejoiced. Why? He says, For they had offered willingly. It didn't stop there. The next line says, Lord, Because with what? A loyal heart. What does a loyal heart mean? This loyal heart means when I'm bringing this thing, I'm not giving to you. I'm investing. A man was teaching and he said, when you die, when I die, you die someday, maybe 100 years from now, maybe 50 years from now, if Jesus, you know, die, you know, they, you know technology might change and we're able to, whatever. But finally, when we all die, we will not take anything from here there. You know the only thing you will meet there, if you go to heaven, do you, do you know the only thing you're going to meet in heaven? What you sent ahead. The journey to heaven, there are no hand luggages. There are no carry-ons. The only thing you have in heaven is what you gave in advance. What is in your bank account the day you die cannot account for you there. The only thing that will account there is what you gave before. So when they say with a loyal heart, they were not giving to somebody. You see, I've been a Christian the time that will come for services and people will pack their cars and hand over the keys. Either to pastors or ministers, whatever it is. I did that not once, not twice. Not just to church, but to pastors, to different people. I did that. My wife and I, we did that. 
And it was not by force. They didn't preach on giving. And I didn't think I was blessing somebody. It was with a lawyer heart. How many of us run our businesses here? You run your business. You buy diesel for your generator in your office. Are you giving it to somebody? You do renovation in your office. Are you investing in somebody? With a lawyer heart. This is my own. Until you understand that this is your own. This is your father's house. You are not doing anybody a favor. Praise God. That's why there's so much need to, you know, jack up people to be happy. If you do the right things, eh, you will walk and laugh. People go think, say, you don't cool. You'll just be happy. They rejoice for that offer willingly because what? With a loyal heart, what did they do? They offered willingly to the Lord. And the Bible says, King David also what? Rejoice. Praise the Lord. This is the first thing we pick from there. And then we now get into David. This is what David began to tell us. He says, therefore, David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness. Okay? The power and the glory. The victory and the majesty. Let's read this line now. For all that is in heaven and in earth is what? For all. Do you believe that? Praise God. So, what are the things in heaven and on earth? You are part of them. For all that is in heaven and in earth, what? Is yours. All that is in heaven and in earth is yours. He said, yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head of our. David understood this. David at this time was a king. It was monarchy. The king in this time had right over all the wealth, all the resources of Israel. They were under his command. So David was actually saying, all these things that I supervise, all these things that I rule over, they belong to you. 12, let's read 12 together. He went on and said what? He said, both riches and honor, do what? Riches and what? What do they do? Hallelujah. I want to show you a little word there. Riches and honor, they come, which means God sends it. God will bless somebody. (laughs) you know there are statements in the bible that are so powerful little things when the bible says the issue about money you know and mammon and all all of that in the bible it says if any man desires to be rich isn't that what they say (laughs) hallelujah it didn't say if any man is rich please find that scripture for me if any man desires to be rich where it talks about you know it said for this man many pursuing it have had their consciences you know, pierced. God blesses you with riches. God blesses you with what? Honor. But when that becomes your pursuit, trouble has come. Praise God. Trouble has what? Has come. When it becomes your pursuit. But what did he say to Solomon? He said, Solomon, all you want from me is wisdom. Ah, wisdom. He said, okay, I'll give you wisdom. But I'm going to give you other things. Which means God knows how to give riches. Say, I receive riches. <laughs> yes, I receive riches. Okay, read it for me, please. Okay. Eager for. Just give me New King James. Those who want to get rich. That's the point. First Timothy 6, 9. Put it on the screen so everybody sees it. So, yeah, give us NIV. Let's read it together, everybody. Those who want to. Those who what? Is it the Bible we are looking at? So if I want to get rich, he says, I fall into what? And they trap. And into what? Many foolish and harmful that plunge. Do you believe that? The problem is wanting to. Hallelujah. But the message you're hearing today is that God makes you rich. It's an issue of direction. If you're an engineer, if you're a scientist, you understand direction. Direction changes everything. If you're an electrician, color changes everything. Put red where white should be or black. You know, there's fire in the house. Little things, direction. It says both riches and honor. So God will bless. But your desire, the moment you become a Christian, your desire must be for God. We are to be rich in God. We are to be rich in good works. We are to be rich in the spirit. Praise God. Now, God's business, like he did for Solomon, he said to Solomon, I will make you the richest. No one will come near you. Which means God understands. Say to yourself, God understands. You see, for some of us, we need this money because the insult is too much. Do I have a witness here? The insult is too much. God understands the insult. And he will send it to you. Amen? 
but keep pursuing him. Keep your mind stayed on him. That's what David is saying there. Okay. So he says, both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. He says, in your hand is what? Power and might. In your hand it is to do what again? You see, you read the Bible, you see that God makes great. Praise the Lord. God what? You know one of the ways you know you don't have faith? When you scheme. A schemer has no faith. A person of faith waits on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? Obey him completely. A schemer cannot obey God completely. Because the very thing you need to do to scheme successfully will be disobedience. So David proved it to us. They made the promise to him. Anointed him with a genuine anointing from Samuel. And he was looking at the throne. Departing from him. But he was a person of faith. He kept waiting. Ultimately, what happened? They invited him. They said, come. We knew all the while that God had chosen you. They will invite somebody. I said they will invite somebody. They will give you honor that you did not pursue. Because you have trusted in the Lord. In the name of Jesus. So he said, it's in your hand to make great. And you give strength to all. Okay? Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? This is another interesting one. The second part of this. Let's read it. For all things. He said, for all things do what? Come from you. And of your own we have what? This is it. This is it. All things come from you. We have raised children here. I mean, some children are wonderful. But you call a child and give the child five chocolates. And then the moment he leaves your hand to the child's hand, he says, give me one. You see what they call acaradite. You know the one that is arad, super glue. The child has held it and you're not getting it. And you're just wondering, <laughs> what's this child thinking? I gave it to you. Give me now. Or even the most difficult one is give, give your brother. Are you seeing how, how he feels now? So David is saying, all things, what? Come from you. And of your own we have given you. When that child gives you back, he has given you your own. But you know what? That child automatically, you know, has gotten into a position where you will give him more. Invariably. Why? Because you gave him and he what? Give you back. If you gave him and he didn't give you back. I mean that children, so we don't treat them like that. But immediately, what does that say? Anything I want to flow, I will not pass through his hands. May God find you a flowing hand. In the name of Jesus Christ. May God find a life through which things will flow in the name of Jesus. May it be said from heaven, this man will flow. I say you will flow. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, all things are yours. They have come from you and of your own we have given to you. Verse 15 says, for we are aliens and pilgrims before you. As we are all our fathers, our days on earth as a shadow and without hope. What are they saying? They are saying that, you know, the earth is yours. Everything is going to move. You remain. Okay. But let's go to 16 now. 16 says, Oh Lord our God, all these abundance that we are prepared to build your house for your holy name is from your hand and, and is all your own. Can you see what David is doing here? Can you see what David is emphasizing? Anybody help me what David is trying to emphasize? David is trying to say, I'm doing nothing. You know, we sang a lot of songs here that give glory to God. The challenge is that as men, any little thing we do, we want a medal, which is okay. I mean, we're society but david here almost every line is saying oh lord our god all this abundance that we are prepared to build your house for your holiness what did he say is abundance so but what happened he says from your hand praise the lord it's from your hand it's abundance so it's from your hand now let's leave this dimension now now when i come as a child of god and maybe i fast and pray okay and I fast, you know, for 40 days. Or I've never fasted 40 days. Maybe I fast for 21 days and I'm ministering to you, you know, as my brethren. Now, if I imagine for once that I deserve special, you know, accolade for fasting for 21 days. By whose ability? When I didn't eat, whose grace sustained me? Now, if I did eat, who provided the food? If I ate the food and it digested, who gave me digestive enzymes? As I'm standing, who is creating the balance that I'm using to stand? <laughs> There's this song that says, for from you are all things. And all things are... Do you understand? That's what I'm saying. The born again Christian understands this. How many of us have heard this statement? I made my money. I'm a self-made man. How many of us have heard it? 
That same person, if he has toothache, his configuration will change. I get him. The same person has a nightmare. He can't help himself. The only thing he can do is shout. You see, human beings who don't know God are so deluded. And we interact with them every day. They're so deluded. That's why they can be so proud. That's why they're so proud. You know, they think too much of themselves. But the Christian, like David here, is telling us. He says, we brought abundance to build your house. (laughs) But it's your own that we brought. Hallelujah. I can sing. I can sing. And then when you finish singing, according to you people in choir, say the shoulder is like this. (laughs) When you're walking out after service and somebody brushes you, he must have missed praise and worship. <laughs> because if he attended praise and worship, he would have known that I was the one that did that stuff up there. Now, the challenge with that is this your knowledge is short. If he didn't wake you up, no matter how you could sing, you won't be here singing. Do you understand? If he did not allow your ear and voice to coordinate, do you understand how much we are dependent on God? We don't know. But the born again Christian knows. That's why I say. It's the Christian that can live this life. It's such levels of gratitude that makes a man serve. Because you look at yourself, you flex your muscles, it's working. And then you're using it for what? You're just using it to carry iron. You can't even use it to sweep the house of God. The house of God that is giving you the life in it, you can't serve him. But if it's to pose, you go pose for picture. You go do guy. Because when you look at the picture, you're happy. You look at yourself. You say, AI, I just, I don't like this mark here. They adjust it. Then you look and smile. But the one who gave you everything, have you looked at the property he gave you and say, what shall I render? What am I rendering? Since you kept me, I'm getting to 30 years. I'm getting to 25 years. You've been taking me and out. You are my source. You're my keeper. You're my safety. You're the one who takes me up. You're the one who brings me down. You're the reason I'm seeing. You're the reason I can see. You're the reason I didn't go mad. Now, what are you thinking? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. You see, in that statement, Paul was arguing like a lawyer. He said, considering all that has been given to you, what is your reasonable conclusion? That's what David was saying. He would take another step and he would get back to it again and say this from you. Because he actually brought a lot. There is no time to show you that. But many years ago in the church, we had what we called affectionate offering. How many of us remember affectionate offering? You know, we weren't even talking about tithes then. We are talking about offering of those who are madly in love with God. They gave their tithes and they gave more. They gave 10% more, 20% more. Not under compulsion, just because we loved him. And we didn't get broke. How many remember? I just wait because I can see a few of us here. Praise the Lord. Okay, so David kept on and on. Now look at the conclusion here. Verse 17. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. Hold on. This made me understand everything that was going here. Because you see, since God has all these things, why is he asking me for it? Why didn't you keep it from me first? Like some people wonder, if God wanted 10% or whatever percent, just hold it and give me the, give me net. Bless me net. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you understand? Why? But David is telling us why. He said, God, I see what is happening. All this is to what? It's to test my heart. When you give the child five and you're asking for one, didn't you know you could have kept the one? Why do you do it? You want to see this child, what kind of child it is. That's why when we grow, some of our parents, when they're dying, even though you're the first son, they don't hand over the property to you. Because they know this one will starve the brothers. When the man is writing will, he will jump first, jump second, give to the third. Because over the years, he has tested the first, na criminal. Second one, na, na MC Oluomo. <laughs> it's the third one that you know that if you give him, he will take care of the whole family. That's what God is saying here. He says, I see what you're doing. That you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. Now, now, please, can you give me this in uh, NLT, the Living Bible message? Thank you. Let's read it. The first line. It says, I know, my God, that you what? Examine our hearts. And what do you do? You see, there's a level you get to. The things that excite you are difficult to understand. But you see what rejoices God's heart. Just the same way you rejoice over that child. 
And the child said, he said, give me. And the child gives you all of them. What will you, your heart will be filled with joy. He says, I know this is what you're doing because if not so, why don't you keep it to yourself? Let's look at another translation. The Living Bible, thank you. Let's read this. I know my God, I what? Okay, okay. Can we do this in a way that he will be very personal? I know my God that you are testing me to see if I am for you. Enjoy what? We can just dwell here. We can keep reading this on and on. He said, I know that you test to see if I'm good. For you enjoy good men. God is looking for who to enjoy. He's looking to enjoy the gifts and talents he gave you. He's looking to enjoy the financial resources he gave you. He's looking to enjoy the position he placed you in. The Bible talking about Mordecai. Said Mordecai became great in the kingdom. And Mordecai saw daily the welfare and the good of his people Israel. God is saying where I've placed you. Am I enjoying it? He could have not put you there. But he put you there. And you resume in that office. You resume in that position. You own all of that. And God is looking to enjoy you. Let's look at another translation. Give me another one message. Thank you. Let's read it together. It says, I know their God that you care nothing for the... It says you want us, our true selves. So I have given... Can you see what is happening here? All of that is nothing. You see, God is God. He spoke everything into creation. When we're talking about the resources of the earth, the Bible says in Haggai 2, it says the silver and the gold belongs to me. God doesn't have financial challenges. He has enjoyment issues. He's looking for who to enjoy. He says the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro upon the whole earth. He's searching for the man whose heart is what? Lawyer. God is just looking for lawyer. There's a greatness you attain to. You're just delighted in loyalty. Somebody brings a brand new car as gift to you. It doesn't move you. But you hear that, ah, this man is so loyal. You find delight in him. Let's rise on our feet. For from you are all things. So this whole thing is a test. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. I know, my God, this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. I want you to begin to talk to the Lord. So this is all an exam. So my marriage is an exam. That lady that God gave you as a wife is a test to see how will you nurture her. How will you nurse her? That your husband, those children that God gave you, your parents that are there now. I was speaking to a member of the church. I was so happy with him. Let, let me tell you what he did. This member of the church lost the mother, okay? And the sibling said the budget for this burial is 30 million naira, okay? And then um, the richest among them said, I will bring either 20 million or so, or 15 million. You and your other brother, the other brothers, bring five, five million. So this, our brother said to the family, he said he's not bringing one cobble. I'm sure you're surprised why I supported him. He said he's not bringing one cobble. He said, simple. When this woman was alive, I did everything I could do for her. Now she has died. That 30 million, you'll be big babe for society. Abby. Entertain your guests. He told me that he didn't invite anybody to the funeral. He even told his friends, don't come home. Because he's just going there to observe what goes on and he comes back he said while she was alive i honored her i don't need a conditioned canopies i don't need bouncers and all those things to impress anybody when the woman didn't get that honor some of you have your parents still alive and you're planning the big thing you will do do that big thing now if nobody needs to attend that funeral go bury the man with fifty thousand naira if it's possible but honor him while he's alive is somebody hearing me? I told him I support you. You're a wise man. Because what you do after is for you. So that I said it was a befitting barrier. Look at how stupid it sounds. A dead person doesn't know what you do. I get in it. It's all a test. Everything is a test. He said, I know also that you test the heart. So, so even the challenge you're going through is a test. God is looking. He wants to see a good man. He's looking for who to enjoy. Can you throw those hands and tell him, Lord? Make my life your dwelling place, a palace of your praise. Can you offer your life truly like a Christian? Pastor Nat was talking about details. I'm telling you the sum total is that you belong to him. 
if he demands everything of you you drop it here with joy if he demands that you come and sweep the floor if he demands that you go out every morning evangelizing and telling people shouting on the streets jesus is lord anything he demands you belong to him he gave it to you and he's watching your life can you can somebody from his heart bring gratitude to the lord and say thank you thank you for the beauty that you gave me thank you for the strength that you've given me thank you for the wisdom that you have given me thank you for the help that you have given me thank you for the resources that you have thank you for my wife thank you for my husband thank you for the children the children they've given to me are not for posing they are for raising to become the children of god men boys and girls that fear the lord lord i surrender i bring everything to you lord i surrender my life tell the lord you're testing me i offer this life to you i i offer this life to you i give it to you lord take it oh lord everything everything and enjoy me and enjoy me and enjoy me thank you lord Thank you, Lord. You're worthy, worthy. Thank you, Lord. 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 Amen. I want us to take a prayer. Um, Psalm 18 getting back to where we started from psalm 18 verse 29 because i want you to live here knowing that you're backed up praise the lord today's thanksgiving we're going to thank him for everything but he wants you to know that he has not put anything before you he has not first put the resources behind you are you hearing me for everything before you this year 2024 god is saying you're equipped for it the psalmist here said, for by you, I can run against the truth. He said to Abraham, I am the almighty who walked before me. You're not alone. You're not living alone. You're not going alone. You can live this life. You can forgive that person. You can quit that life of immorality. You should not come before the presence of the songwriter. said, how can I stand here with you and not be moved by you? How can you fellowship with light and embrace darkness after do you understand you can the apostle paul philippians 4 13 said i can do how many things all things through christ yes even though we don't say tight you can do that you can give 30 percent from today you can give it you can honor god he's the one who's blessing you you can do it you can serve you can humble yourself hallelujah some people this thing is like something in their ears these children of god are rejoicing to hear it listen the world where we're getting into now the season we're in there's a demarcation praise the lord those who are god must separate themselves our sweat can't do it for us anymore we're going to sweat too but our sweat won't bring the result it will be by the anointing and that's what he's saying to tell you he says he will anoint you for exploits he will anoint you to distinguish you you see he will give you words in your mouth he will make you to think things you couldn't think of you won't know where it came from there'll be ideas there'll be inspirations he will set you apart why because it's from him and then he's going to do that because he knows you will flow is somebody hearing me he's going to do that because he knows you will flow he knows your hands will open he knows your mouth will testify so this morning i want you to confess and pray say lord i can do it through you i can run against a troop i can surmount this mountain this thing this man is saying i've never done it before but lord i will from today because i'm a child of god i will live this life i will quit that habit i receive deliverance from alcohol from pornography from whatever it is i can do it oh lord you will satisfy me with good things 
you will fill my thoughts with heaven such imaginations will no longer come to me why because i'm fully equipped you said to me i am the almighty before you place the demand you made a supply tell the lord i can i receive it i believe it the word of god said concerning mary blessed is she who believed for there shall be a fulfillment somebody here there'll be a fulfillment even in this year in the mighty name of jesus christ if you believe that give god praise you've been listening to a message by pastor ikinaukeke of the father's church we are sure you've been blessed we invite you to worship with us at eden center banex guarimpa expressway near next kashinkari abuja for telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.